Good day, good evening, good morning, good whatever. This is the JMJ Missions podcast. After a little hiatus, we are back. Uh, we have a very good interview today that you're going to enjoy. Uh, but first, our information, you can find us on the website, jmjmissions.com. You can find us on all social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. You can find us on YouTube. And we do this podcast and we do live speaking events if you ever want to book us for an event, um, especially in the Northeast region of the U.S. We have a great podcast in store for you today. We are going to be talking about parishes and in, in general, uh, in particular, actually, what's happening with parishes across the U.S. It just seems like they're kind of dying out. COVID has had a, a big uh, a big part to play in all of that. Well, our conversion came um, from a parish that was absolutely on fire. And uh, we're going to be talking about um, some of the great activities and things that happened at our parish, um, uh, really movement of the Holy Spirit that got myself, Anthony, and Rocco into our faith. We have a very special guest with us, Carrie Janice. I'm sorry, Janice. I said I called you Carrie Janice. Um, <laughs> Carrie Janice, youth minister extraordinaire, uh, whose youth program um, really changed our lives, the young adult program and some other prayer groups that we all belong to that really were life-changing for us. So we will be interviewing her and talking to her, getting her opinion on some things uh, in just a moment. Uh, but first, Anthony, we have some small talk. So do you want to give us your rundown? What what do you got for us? Yes. So the three of us are all avid coffee drinkers. So my question today is, if you had to choose one form of coffee for the rest of your life, would you only drink hot coffee or only drink iced coffee? So no matter what, any anytime you want caffeine, it has to be in that method. So And we have a very temperate climate here. We have 98 degree days and we have 14 degree days. So choose wisely. Am I going first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, man, you know, I would say hot coffee because that's probably what I get a little more than iced coffee. Um, although iced coffee is much more refreshing than hot coffee. Hot coffee is just more solid for the mornings, I think. The problem is the idea of drinking a hot coffee on like a 95 degree day. Exactly. I mean, let, let's say it's the middle of the summer and I am, I'm hot, but I'm really tired and it's like 3 PM and I need a coffee. Yep. The idea of sipping down a hot coffee in my car at that time is literally like, I don't want to say it's like the lowest level of purgatory, but it's somewhere <laughs> on that spectrum. So that would now that, that seemed a lot less appealing than, um, even like if it was a cold day, having iced coffee in the morning, I feel like I could deal with that. You know, I'll have some iced coffee, you know, even if it's a cold day in the morning. Um, however, just because I get hot coffee so often, I think I'm still going to stick with hot coffee. That's a tough choice, Dan. I totally disagree. Carrie, what about you? <laughs> I agree with Dan. Um, so what? I have this rule. <clears throat> sorry. I have this rule that if it's hot out, I get iced. If it's cold out, I get hot. However, well, that doesn't apply. That doesn't it doesn't apply because it's like 50 50. So right. the majority of the time when um when I'm drinking just like a coffee is at home. And at home, even if it's hot out, I'm making hot coffee because I don't have a cold brew coffee like machine. So I end up drinking hot coffee more of the time anyway, even though like the rule applies to when I go to the Dunkin' drive through. So it's got to be hot coffee because I drink it more. And actually, I feel like it gives me caffeine more like to the veins no, than, that's hot, fair. than iced coffee does. <laughs> <laughs> to the, to the I'll veins. agree with that. Like if I have a hot yeah. coffee, I'm ready to go. Yeah, it so just I, it, it hits it. it so hits. Yeah, I get that. I disagree I, with both of you. You two are just out of your minds. I would you go need to explain iced, yourself then. Iced coffee all the way just because it just goes. 
it does get to the veins quicker when you drink hot coffee, but iced coffee is it just tastes better. And it's it's less of a chore. Like if I want a hot coffee, I got to make sure that I'm, that I'm in a stable environment. Like there can't be any bumps or anything. Like with iced coffee, it's like I can be more rugged. I can go rock climbing if I want and I have my iced coffee with me. Yeah, you know, but I, I understand. But also iced coffee has a higher chance of like not being good. I think we've said before on That's this fair. podcast that sometimes you go to Dunkin' in particular and about mm-hmm. one out of every eh, 13 to 15 times. I'd say you get more coffee, frequent. That's one out of every seven. I wouldn't say it's that high, but it's pretty bad. You'll just get a bad, bad coffee. Yeah. And that's always iced coffee. It's rarely if it's hot. Also, they, yeah, they could jip you with ice. If they sometimes ice coffee, they do. you I, get a medium iced coffee and you get like agree. one ounce of coffee and 20 billion ounces of ice. And no, no offense. I don't like that. Yeah. That's not cool in my or, books. So. Or three ice cubes. Like that's happened well, to me where I've gotten like three. And I'm just like, I don't want, I want more. Yeah, I, I just say little ice. And I don't mind if there's three ice cubes because then oh, I'll really? go home and throw more ice in, but at least I got the coffee. So <laughs> True. that's that's right. my way around it. Well played. Hot Very hot good. it is. Two out of three. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it is hot. So hot coffee all the way, just solid all, all around. I remember Carrie back in the day, we'll be talking about her background in just a second, but she used to always say coffee and Jesus. That's what gets still you through the day. Still say it. I Probably still say it. Still, okay. Still rings it's true. Still to my this. line. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, so we're going to come back with an interview of, as I said, youth minister extraordinaire Carrie Janice, who uh, had a big part to play in our conversions. In just a second, we'll take a quick music break. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. And when we decided to have carry on, I was thinking, all right, what kind of topic can we can we do? Myself and Anthony were kind of brainstorming. And we thought to ourselves, you know, like most parishes you go to nowadays, and it's very sad. This is nothing against the workers of the parish or the priests or anybody, because there's a lot of great hard workers and a lot of holy people, DREs and whatnot, youth ministers that work at parishes. But there just seems to be something kind of missing. Now, I didn't realize that something seemed missing until I had an experience at our home parish of Our Lady of Peace in Williamstown uh, back when we were, when I was 19, uh, Rocco and I were 19 and uh, Anthony and another best friend of ours, Ryan, were 20 respectively that age. At that age in college, we got very involved in our parish through a series of really cool uh, providential events. And um, I mean, ministries were just booming and uh, there's a young adult group at the parish and there was uh, a youth ministry program that was extremely successful and a Batania prayer group that we attended. And we met the family of a saint and a very holy pastor. And Carrie was a big part of all of that. So Carrie, do you want to give a little background? Like, so what, like explain what kind of youth programs do you run and um, you know, what, 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 are, what are you doing right now? Yeah, so sure. Well, first, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I've known you guys for many years now and see the good work that you're doing now with JMJ mission. So it's a, uh, so exciting to see you guys still plugging away at the faith, but not only that, but like evangelizing to other, especially youth. I know you get a lot of youth from uh, your social media and, and your talks. So um, the work I currently do is the work that I started to do 13 years ago when we guys, when I met you guys, which was um, back in 2010. So I started as the coordinator of youth and young adult ministry at Our Lady of Peace Parish. The, the programs have expanded to many others uh, since then. Uh, but at the core of it, I run youth and young adult ministries. So youth ages third grade, so around eight years old to 28 years old for young adults. So and everything in between. So I always tell people you could be with me for 20 years if 
and then the programs for 20 years, if you like, you know, if you like, if you like to stick around and, and be a part of them. So yeah. So that's, that's actually really cool. I never, I never thought of it going as young as eight and yeah. then as late as 28. Like that's really cool. Has anyone been yeah. there since third grade, maybe for a really long time, maybe they're in college by now or something like that. Yeah, there are some, um, some of the first, uh, so the third graders are the guppies group. That's the youngest group is third through fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And some of the, some of the youth that were in there when it first started are now either, uh, they're in 11th, 12th and college. So some of them are still involved and it's really neat. Actually, some gave their high school retreat talk this past, uh, winter when we had our high school retreat and talked about how they've been in, involved in youth group forever is the way they put it. That's I'm awesome. Like, oh, yeah. Time, that's really yeah. cool. So since they're in third grade, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, we'll see, hopefully God willing, they stick around and they continue on through the young adult ministries, but, um, the young adult ministry, you know, it is set up so that, you know, one can stay around as long as they feel that it is, uh, it is feeding them. And it is something that is good for them, for their soul, for the community they're around. Um, some people have gotten married during that time frame of their life of 18 to 28. And, you know, our group isn't really geared towards married couples. That's not to say they can't come. They totally can but it tends to gear and kind of skew more um, single or, you know, dating. So um, it, it tends to be more for that, that crowd, that community. So, you know, one can age out early or they could stick around till they're 28 years old. So it's really up to them and, uh, and what God, you know, is calling them to do. You know, just a quick comment I wanted to make, you mentioned how it is more geared towards those who are um, single rather than married, especially mm-hmm. the young adult groups, 18 to 28, obviously yeah. expect to have many married, um, you know, teenagers uh or like middle school kids but um basically i actually want to say that for anyone listening that is a young a young adult single catholic probably a, a pretty big part of our audience podcasts um i i was once told this there are ways for you to grow when you are single when it's just you and god that you'll mm-hmm. um that you can't when you're married because you have um, so many beautiful and good and holy responsibilities oh, yeah. uh, as a married man so myself and karen have been able to come to a few uh, events since then just to crash a few specific events. Um, but I will say people always say like, I want to meet the right one. I can't wait till I find my future husband or wife. And I will tell you, yeah, of course, it's a beautiful thing when you find that. And there's some beautiful, um, things you can do, uh, beautiful, uh, and very important tasks to have like raising kids and all that kind of stuff. But there are ways for you to grow in your relationship with the Lord that are, um, you can only get them when you're single, not just in prayer, like how, you know, you can have a lot more time for prayer because it's harder to find time now as, as a dad uh, with prayer, but also like going to young adult ministries and getting involved in your parish and going to prayer groups. I mean, you have that extra time. So definitely use it and be grateful for it because you'll grow so often. Just a little, a little comment on that. Now, uh, Ant, you mentioned, uh, well, what we just mentioned was uh, young adult groups. Speaking of young adult groups, the only experience you ever had of a parish was Our Lady of Peace with the Axe Young Adult Group that we had, which was very vibrant with the Batania prayer groups. And you, I remember you told me that when you went to Rutgers, you finally went away for college, you thought that everything was going to be the exact same. Like every church, every group was the same as our young adult group. And what was your experience with that? Yeah, so I mean, the, f- the first experience I've ever had with the faith was kind of showing up to Carrie's young adult group back in, I think, 2009. And, you know, I got there, Carrie gave me like a big hug, like she welcomed me and I was like, lady, like, I don't even know you. But, <laughs> but the group there was awesome. Like there were so many people and they were all normal and we were all trying to pursue the Lord together. And I also felt not judged by the people because I had kind of had this stereotype that people who were religious were, they would look down on you. Like they would look down like you're a sinner or, oh, you don't go to mass, like that kind of thing. So when I got to that group, I was like, oh, wow, like these people are totally normal. 
Like they watch the flyers, they play video games, they watch movies and they also pray. So the, the community was awesome. And like, we had so much fun. So I was in that for about a year going to these meetings. I really kind of twice a week or no, once every Monday night, because the other night was a different prayer group meeting. But so every single Monday night I was there and I looked forward to it. And I did that for a year. And then I went to Rutgers and I found the Catholic group there. And I was like, oh, great. Like, I'm going to find another group just like this. And the group at Rutgers, they were good. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, it's such a wholly awesome thing, but it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. There wasn't quite that same community aspect. There wasn't that same that uh, tightness uh, that we had at Axe. And so I really, when I was at Rutgers, I missed Axe so much. And I remember we used to um, do Uvu at the time. It wasn't even Zoom or Skype. It was uh, Uvu video calls to like Man. pray the rosary together. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, so it was definitely something that was really special that without it, I wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the whole welcoming aspect. And I think that, you know, is one of the, you know, for anyone that's listening that might be a youth minister or a, anyone that works at a parish or if you're thinking of starting your own ministry or group, which we need so badly uh, across, across well, in every country, but especially in our country and in our area of the world. Um, one of those things that I keep thinking of that keeps becoming a theme is, is the welcoming aspect, how important it is to be welcoming. You know, our conversion experience, and we'll, get, we'll make a full video on that when the time is right. We keep promising it. It'll eventually come. But um, our conversion experience came through the family of Maria Esperanza, who might become a saint one day. And uh, they were so incredibly open and welcoming, mm -hmm. so friendly, so loving, so welcoming. Uh, Father Maz, our pastor, so welcoming, so loving the first time we met he, we met him. And then, Anthony, you're mentioning Carrie, that first meeting, you know, like just giving you a huge hug and uh, even almost like a little bit like, you know, uh, surprising, like, oh, wow, I don't know you. Why would you hug me? But then it's like really, really disarming and really, really refreshing. And that's the exact feeling that I have was that it was so refreshing, you know, to get that welcoming vibe, you know, when you walk into a meeting. I remember for the young adult group we were at, we were all kind of... Um, sipping that welcoming Kool-Aid, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. Uh, we all were so inspired by the welcoming people that we were around, the people I just mentioned, that at one point, our young adult group had probably 30 regular people coming, 25, 30 regular people coming every meeting. And when a new person would come, we would literally all line up to greet them. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't like, well, it's a Christian group. You got to be friendly. We weren't just putting on a friendly face we were like genuinely excited to meet new people and they would mm -hmm. be absolutely like romanced into wanting to come back. Uh, Carrie, you you had a, a very special gift for that, um, leading that charge, you know? Thank you for that. Yeah, I think it's so important, you know, that, that it comes down to that good first impression as well. Um, but, you know, so many, especially young adults today in, any, in society, in the world, when any, any new environment they go into, majority of the time, uh, they're going to go right to their phone because they're going to feel like, ooh, uh, you know, I don't fit in or, you know, nobody's talked to me. Nobody said anything to me right away. So I'm going to resort to just my phone and sit in the corner and be on it. And I think um, that makes all the difference to kind of break somebody into a community is to have that welcoming aspect. And even with, with the youth as well. And it's interesting because uh, you guys mentioned that, how like you guys would line up to do that. It's, uh, it's actually getting like harder, I think, these days to get some of the youth and young adults to recognize the importance of that. You know, I haven't lost it. I know the importance of it and I know what I've been doing, but um, it's hard. Like I, I, I'm like, you have to almost retrain people because our society is so entrenched into um, not being welcoming, which is really sad, you know, right. so we have right. to. 
especially like the last two years with COVID, we've all gotten oh, our own my gosh, yes. bubbles. And it's like, it's just me, me, me. So like, we don't have that natural instinct to to reach out anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's like very said, true. And like you said, the, the, the phones just make it so easy. Like, you know, as a teacher, and it's nothing against the kids, because I love the kids I teach. They're wonderful kids. But when I say, all right, guys, you got two minutes to take a quick break before we transition to a new kind of lesson. Even four or five years ago, the kids would all get up and yell and talk. And that's when I was in high school, that's what everyone would do. Like, I remember, like, if you had a quick break, it's like, oh, yeah, you can get up and talk to your friends. Nobody says anything. It's weird. I'm like, all right, guys, you got three minutes to yourselves. You know, talk, talk to each other before we, you know, move on. And they, they all just pull their phones out. Wow. It is dead silent in the room. They all just stare at their phones. That's so Unless sad. Unless I make them, I have to yeah. actually make them get up and talk to somebody else and ask them how their day is going. No, it's yeah. it's really true. I um I did two retreats back to back recently at a, another Catholic high school, and the first one, um, you know, I didn't as the person coming in that they don't know, I didn't want to be like, yes, everyone, you know, put your phones on this table. You're not gonna have them because they're gonna hate me. I'm not mm-hmm. anything I deliver to them this woman took the phone from me. That's it. So, but the, the next retreat, the teachers actually, cause it was a younger group, the freshman group. So they really were like, wanted them to get something out of it because they know how like just distracted they are from the phones. The teachers all made the kids put the phones. I walked into the room and I saw all the phones on the table. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. So the teachers did it and it was great. They interacted. I was like, kids are talking to each other. Like, this is amazing. Like they're having fun. Like, they're looking at each other in the eye. Like, this is incredible. So it was such a difference from that first retreat with the sophomores to the second retreat with the freshmen. And um, all the difference was putting the phones on the table, which for the most part in schools, it's not really allowed anyway. So, right. um, you know, it was during the school day when this particular retreat took place. Right. You know, um, Abraham Lincoln with this, this is kind of weird. We're transitioning to Abraham Lincoln right now, but I promise <laughs> it's going to connect. Um, Abraham Lincoln said with the Civil War, the house divided itself divided against itself cannot stand he was quoting jesus who's who originally said a house divided against itself cannot stand and that tends to be the main way the devil is trying to attack us it's much easier to bring us down without community so it seems like he's using covid he's using um you know the 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 phones the the technology the lack of a welcoming uh, feeling in most places to kind of get to us make us feel alone Mm -hmm. misunderstood by ourselves and then he can attack us because uh, we're we feel empty you know when you feel lonely and you're by yourself you feel empty and you're a, a sitting duck for his temptations and his attacks so it seemed that that mm-hmm. might be one of the biggest um actually carrie would you say do you think that's the biggest challenge of young people today is to is to be able to break free of their for just even a few hours uh break their, free phone? Of their addiction to their phone yeah yeah i i think it's definitely one of the biggest if not the biggest distraction in addition to um yeah definitely the biggest distraction but what I have seen is when they don't have it, they're like, that was so good. Like, like I've done retreats where we've asked them to put it away. And I said, it's optional. And the one, and the kids that have done it has said like not having the phone on me, I enjoyed that. So it was like a, a change of scenery, a change right. of pace for them. So it's freeing to let go of it. Yes. Freeing yeah. for sure. And, and it opens yourself up to experience things that you would not have otherwise experienced. If yeah. You just go in that little bubble. Yeah, I think they're missing out on a lot because of that. And it's, um, well, it's hard. I think all of us too. I know myself, you know, I get thousands, I feel like of texts a day, emails, notifications. And it's just like, if you're not getting a text, it's a Facebook message. If it's not a Facebook message, it's notification on Instagram. And you're like, right. how am I going to check all these and mm-hmm. be present to the people in front of me and respond to these in a timely fashion? Yeah. And it's, and, and it's, it becomes hard. Like I just was like, 
you know, gone are the days where it was just like, I'll see you face to face or I'll give you a call. Like now you, you can be contacted so many different ways. So I think even as a youth minister, um, it's something that I struggle with too. Um, but I do try to set the example to the youth and the young adults that I'm, I'm around. And, um, you know, I know you guys, uh, you've mentioned it even a couple of times on this podcast already, Servant of God, Maria Speranza, who I know for me, I've grown a, a great devotion to and, and learned about her life. And I always think about this all the time, but one of the things that she was best known for was giving the person in front of her, their, her undivided attention. Yeah. And that's something that I've, I've, I struggled with, but I also try to try to work through that struggle and make it a point to get that person my attention. Do I fail? Yes. A lot. Right. <laughs> People listen to this and probably like, are you kidding me, Carrie? But I, it is, it is on my mind. It is something that I'm always trying to work <laughs> at uh, for sure. It, it's just a major struggle. It really is. So in a way I, I, I empathize with the youth, but at the same time, I'm like, you're not answering emails for work. You're like sitting there on TikTok. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get work done or like, see, you know, see what my kids do or whatever. Like you're, you're like just wasting time. So I think there's a difference there because when they are older, it's going to be like a harsh reality. Like, Oh, I got to balance my time now, like on my phone with the stuff that has to get done. So we know we're teachers uh, in the faith and we're teachers in in life as youth ministers in like, you know, how to interact. Cause sometimes uh, they're not always taught at home or they're just learning these skills. Like they would in school from you guys being teachers and at their youth ministries at, at their, wherever they're at clubs and different things. So we all have to kind of as adults be mindful of this and, and teach them in the right way. And um, you know, that comes with prudence that comes with um, you know, a lot more to the spiritual life than we even realize. You know, Carrie, it's funny because um, I remember distinctly thinking back when, you know, me, me and you worked as youth ministers, I was, I was Carrie's mm-hmm. part-time um, helper, youth ministry assistant for a few years. Yeah. And I remember like a new kid would come in, not knowing anybody, whether they're in high school or college or whatever, whatever group it was they were part of, or even maybe a new person at an adult prayer group, like the Batania prayer group that we were a part mm-hmm. of. And when someone new would come in, you would immediately say hi to them. You'd never leave them in the corner by themselves. And you would always find something to connect with them on. You know, like you would say, mm-hmm. oh, like you go, what school do you go to? Oh, okay. Do you know so-and-so? And they would, there would always be a mutual friend that you both knew. Mm-hmm. And they would already like, you could see them light up. You'd see them connect with you. Oh, do you play this sport? Oh, really? That's cool. What position do you play? I played that. There was mm-hmm. always stuff to connect with them. And I've noticed as a teacher, um, when you can connect with the students and other levels, just to show that you care in some way it goes a long way because it just shows, even though you're not talking about God directly, you're showing his love in an indirect way. And without yes. even realizing it, they're feeling that. They're feeling that you care, that, you, that they exist, that they're human, that they're, that they're important, and that mm-hmm. you have, um, they have your undivided attention, which is so yeah. important and setting that. But if you're on your phone, that's impossible. And did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, when I think of undivided attention, I just feel like if, if we, I don't know if this was going to sound cheesy, but like if we would have been walking at the same time Jesus was walking and we had an opportunity to talk to him, he would have given us our undivided attention, like his undivided attention, no matter what was happening around him. Like he would have locked in, I think, because that's what we're made for as humans. Like anytime that you've talked to someone and you can tell that they're listening to you, it just makes you feel a certain type of way. And that's how we're wired. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I struggle with that too. I mean, especially one of the biggest distractions is the phone. Uh, but but yeah, that's something that we all have to, to work on and get better at. You know, I'm actually yeah. seeing an opportunity here because I'm, I'm sure that so many kids, so many youth, so many people in general, but especially young adults and youth are so used to feeling kind of separated and alone that the, the times that they are actually feeling genuinely heard and genuinely understood and genuinely looked at with love. I keep thinking of the rich young man that comes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. 
so weird because Jesus looked at him and loved him, is what the gospel says, and then answered, right? There's an opportunity here because I feel like so many kids are so starved of this love now because we're all so in our own devices that when they actually do feel it, maybe they'll feel something special um, that they haven't felt before. Maybe that'll keep them coming to your group or keep them connected, you know? Yeah. yeah. So important. Yeah. There's always an opportunity. Um, so very, very, very important. Um, Carrie, I was wondering, you know, what would you say is like the trick? Not that there really is a trick, um, but like, you know, back, I'm thinking back when I was helping you out, um, the parish was so vibrant. What kind of mentality did you have going into things? What kind of mentality do you try mm -hmm. to have in order to keep, you know, youth groups running smoothly and strongly and to keep kids coming back and to keep kids attentive? Like, do you have any other tips that you'd give for anyone else who um, might belong to a, a youth group or to a young adult group or might be running a parish themselves, a parish ministry themselves? Yeah, definitely. So I'm um, the first tip that I always say when anybody asks me for advice on youth ministry, young adult ministry, leading ministries, uh, the very first thing I always say is you can't give what you don't have. And so what I mean by that is it's most important to have your own prayer life, your own faith life, first and foremost, um, for lack of better words, in check, right? You know, uh, on the ball, like at least trying, right? We all can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but trying to uh, develop that our relationship with the Lord. Um, the saints, Our Lady, know them, love them, uh, get to know about them. And so um, first, putting your own prayer life first. Second to that, the ministry then. Uh, so, you know, I struggle with this. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, I got so much work to do. This and that. I'm going to say my prayers today, whatever. And then, you know, my day just goes, <laughs> falls on its face, you know. Um, but I find that the days that I do um, order the day right with, you know, God first, whether it be daily mass, stopping in the Adoration Chapel, just saying my prayers in my, in my room that I like to say each day, like putting that first and an emphasis on that. Uh, the day always seems to go better in, in the ministries. Uh, yeah. So, so that's the first thing, your own prayer life, your own faith life. Uh, the second thing I would say is, you know, be in tune to what's going on around you and apply that into your ministries, you know, not just um, the current news, but you know, things the kids are into things they like, don't hesitate to, to ask the youth that are involved, you know, whether you have a core team of leaders or you just have these youth that you lean on to help you, to guide you, that are always around, they're always at the meetings, lean on them, ask them, you know, what they like, what they would like to see, how you can change it up. I'm constantly doing that. Right now I'm in like a little lull coming off of COVID, we have pastor change, a couple other different changes in the in the church. And, you know, I think all that added up to a little low and just um, a little bit less attended. So we just had a big meeting last week with some of my, my main leaders and just said, you know, what is it that we can change? What is it that we can do to kind of just do a little refresh? So um, just tap into those youth to what they can give you and the young adults, what they can, what they want and, and what, you know, others would want to that are their age. And I think, I guess the last thing would just be like, you know, be open, be open to the Holy Spirit. Uh, let, listen, listen to what they're asking for and always act upon it. Um, uh, that has been how some of my most successful ministries have begun is because somebody asked to start, you know, this or that, and they started. So that's how the, the younger youth group started because younger kids were asking and we started it. That's how the rock at Williamson high school, it's a Catholic club at a public high school. That's how that started because some of the public school students were asking for a ministry based uh, activity club after school to meet at the high school. So we started it. That's how the young adult group went to 28 instead of 25 years old, because they were asking for a little ager, uh, a little, little higher age, you know, community. 
So I'm always I have an open ear to that and, and open to change. Um, sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, that's more work or more, than, you know, sometimes you hear it, you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to stay, you know, <laughs> all right, I'll do it. But, uh, but it always has been uh, proven, you know, to be successful. And, and again, on the flip side of that, if something's not working, don't be afraid to take it away, change it up. Um, because I think that's important that we are kind of always changing. You know, I think a lot of youth ministers get locked in. It's just Sunday night, seven to nine. So that's it, you know, whatever. But it really, um, you know, I just started a new thing. I'm 14 years into ministry and um, at the same church. Well, I'm just about to start my 14th. Yeah, yeah, just about to start my 14th year. And um, and I'm like, what else can I do to like reach the school kids more? So I started a, a lunch club. Like, we, like uh, they're there at lunch. Nice. So like, um, and then even starting that, there were like a lot of kids didn't come the first meeting. And I was like, oh man, I anticipated more. And the teacher said, they really like recess. Don't let them, oh. don't let them miss recess. Just do it during the eating of the lunchtime. I was like, okay, sure. Like that's fine by me. <laughs> so I went into the class and I said, um, guys, we're going to change it up. It's going to be at lunch, but it's going to be the first half hour while you're eating and hanging out. And then the last 15 minutes, when you go to recess, you all go to recess. They ran to the sign-up sheet. Like when I tell you, 10 boys pushed each other to sign up. I was like, that's it. You know, so sometimes it just takes a little tweaking, fine-tuning, you know, using what um, already exists and kind of like plugging into that to um, to make it work best, to make it to make it be the best thing for the youth and the young adults that are involved. Right. And it sounds like also just tiny pieces of advice from other people. Because if she yeah. doesn't say that to you, you never change it. And then that lunch club could not exist. Oh, totally. I was so yeah. thankful that teacher told me that. I was like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, and I, you know what? The last thing I'll say is don't get discouraged because I think we all can get discouraged. Like people want these huge numbers. And I always go back to Maria Speranza said, as long as you affect one life, um, one person comes, that's enough. And I think about that. And I also think about how Jesus started. Well, well, we, you know, we're just calling a few apostles and then it went to 12 then the 72 disciples and then many more right. from there and 2000 years later plus our church is still existing um so i try not to get discouraged and think you know oh you know two kids came to that lunch program the first day right you know like because <laughs> there'll be 50 more hopefully the next one but so not to get discouraged at um what you know what i'm doing if it's not working right just kind of relook at it through a different lens a different angle mm -hmm. a new approach yeah you know, it seems that all these tips are connected, Carrie. So what I've gotten so far is make sure you have a steady prayer life, right? Always be open to new mm -hmm. things and trying new things. See, like, get, the, get the lay of the land, see how the people feel, get advice from others, and then keep going, keep looking, and don't get discouraged. I love that you said prayer first because, honestly, we've all had, uh, like, we've been to, like, ministry events where, like, very good people are there that are very dedicated to the church, but yeah. they feel like they have to be there. Mm -hmm. instead of like they want to be there and i think that comes from prayer like uh and I, a good feeling where like you tell you can tell someone genuinely wants to be at a meeting and really genuinely cares about you and they're not just like giving you a small talk because they have to that comes mm -hmm. from prayer because with prayer comes love more love for god is increased in your heart more love for others is increased in your heart and so you're going to be more excited to see new people to meet new people and there's just more of the holy spirit present at these meetings when you have a few people that are really prayerful kind of holding down those good vibes, I should say. And, you know, I don't mean vibes in a new agey way. Um, and uh, I, well, I also. That's definitely a term of today, vibes. It is. <laughs> it's, true. It's, one so... my, it's one of my least favorite terms, actually. But go on. Yeah. Same. Sometimes I don't, I don't like know how else to, to say it. Either. You know what I mean? I but I totally, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, you know, Carrie, you said you've been doing this for 14 years. It's going to be your 14th year. You're still looking for new ways to do it. Now, the, I, I personally would guess 
that the reason that you're still looking for new ways to do things and you have the energy and motivation to find new ways to reach the kids is because of your prayer life. You stop praying, you don't have the motivation to do anything. You need that energy, the excitement to keep making things fresh and new and keep caring about souls, even when times are rough, post COVID, et cetera, Mm -hmm. comes from prayer. So I'm just so happy you said that. Right. And you can't pour from what you don't have. You can't pour from an empty cup. Exactly. Exactly. So true. And then the same thing with balance in your life. And again, something I struggle with, I'll be very real. Um, But having that balance of work life, home life, trying to make it all fit together, what you take on, you know, uh, versus, you know, the quality that you can put it out at. So I think all that kind of comes into play. All right. So prayer, new things, keep going. Don't get discouraged ask people for advice. Thank you, Carrie. What a wonderful, um, wonderful set of pieces of advice, I should say, for all those out there that are listening. Um, and for everyone, everyone out there listening, please, you know, start ministries at your parish, whether it's volunteer, whether you work for your church. I mean, kids, and not just kids, but everybody nowadays needs it. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged because as Carrie said, as we've been saying, people need your presence, even if it only starts with a few the best and most sincere conversions start off with small groups. They're not forced and they expand outwards from there. So we're going to get to the same cup in just a minute. Anyone have any last words before we get to that? No, I think we're good. Uh, can I say one quick yeah. thing? If anybody's sure. looking to start uh, it's a little shameless plug, but more so to help others, anybody's looking to start a youth ministry or want some ideas, tips. Um, I have about 45 episodes deep now of youth ministry insights. It can be found on talking Catholic uh, on YouTube. So if you search for Talking Catholic, Youth Ministry Insights is my series. And uh, if you're looking for any tips or advice, uh, different meeting topics, different ideas, uh, it's all on there. So uh, feel free to watch um, and, and check it out because it's it's really great advice for other youth ministers and hopefully it can help somebody else and really in turn help um, save other souls of the youth because that's most most important, our, our motivation and definitely our biggest mission to do as youth ministers. Yeah. And Carrie, it is an awesome channel. Your youth ministry insights is really cool. I've even used it as a teacher myself. Like I went back and watched some of your videos and then you had one video where you talked about the games that you play as a youth minister. And Mm -hmm. I I forgot about these games because it's been years. And then I implemented that into my classroom. So I feel like your advice isn't just for youth ministers. I feel like it's for all people and even for teachers too. Cool. Yeah. Check it out. And uh, youth ministry insights on Instagram as well. So check it out. Perfect. Thanks for the plug. So, so happy you mentioned it, Carrie. Youth Ministry Insights on Instagram and YouTube with Carrie. And Facebook. A-A-R-I. I forgot too. Yep. Facebook oh, yeah. too. We know it's all over the place. <laughs> it's, it's, come... it's wherever, wherever you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to come back in just a second with the uh, world famous St. Cup. We're going to draw a random saint. Normally, the Holy Spirit really intercedes for us in these. So I'm going to shake it. Hopefully, you hear it. I will show the paper onto the screen. And Carrie, our guest, will announce what saint we get. All right. No pressure here. (laughs) 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 Classic. Classic. Anthony of Padua. Aunt, you want to say anything your page, about your, your, uh, your patron? Saint. That's right. Yeah, one of, one of my favorites for obvious reasons. Yeah. Is that all? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so my mom named me Anthony after St. Anthony. She was a little worried about uh, her pregnancy. She wanted to be healthy. She wanted me to be healthy. So she prayed every single day to St. Anthony. And she made a little promise that if I was born healthy, that she would name me Anthony. Now, here I am. And I, I kind of like along those same lines, only it wasn't for a healthy pregnancy, but 
for a pregnancy. So I prayed to St. Anthony and uh, that's why my son is John Paul Anthony um, because, oh. you know, I prayed to him, St. Anthony. And I promised him that I would go pray at his tomb in Thanksgiving after my son was born. So February, 2020, yes. February, 2020, right before COVID, right, before, right, right, yeah. right as COVID was breaking out, I was in Italy right where it broke out. <laughs> and, cool. um, and we were at the tomb of St. Padua, myself, my husband, and my son uh, giving thanks to St. Uh, Anthony of Padua. Feast wow. day, June 13th, great saint, um, known for finding things, but not really, that's not really what he was really the best at. <laughs> he was really yeah. good. At, he was a great preacher. So, mm-hmm. um, and that was really what he was known for in the faith. So um, if you're struggling yes. with giving a talk or a speech or something, St. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony's your and boy. That, and he got all of his, his Holy Spirit. He got all of his ability from prayer. And, right. and also that lines up carry with what you do. I mean, you preached to us. So it's like, that's why we're here. So it all comes full circle. He is one of my guys. I love him. I actually, to end this off, have a really cool story. Cause you know, I always thought the idea of like using St. Anthony to find stuff was a little hokey because he can help mm-hmm. you with so many other things. And he has like a life, like no one has any clue what he, who he is or what he did. And everyone nah. just asked him for stuff all the time. Like help me find this or that. So one time I lost my keys and I actually couldn't find them anywhere. And I finally, after a half hour of looking everywhere in our office, carry we were working. I remember this, the little corner office. I finally asked for his intercession. I was like, I right, fine. St. Anthony help me out. And I wasn't thinking, wasn't trying to do this. I found my hand in the trash can, like without thinking some, some force was doing this. As soon as I finished this prayer to St. Anthony, my hand was reaching into the trash can. <laughs> I remember thinking, what am I doing right now? Reach into the bottom, pull my keys out of the bottom yeah, of the trash were. can. I After remember a half awesome. hour of looking everywhere else in the office without realizing what I was doing. That was cool. So yes, it is a little hokey, but St. Anthony will help you with all kinds of things, right. including finding stuff. <laughs> and maybe that was God telling you it was time for a new car too. I mean, if your keys were in the trash, I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was a 97 Honda Accord. You're probably right. Exactly. It was really I'm... bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And you want to give us a closing prayer? Sure. In the name of the father and the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Dear Lord, we pray tonight for Carrie and and Thanksgiving for her giving us her time to be on this podcast. We pray for anyone starting a youth group, that they are encouraged in the Lord, that they do not give up, they don't lose hope, they stay strong and they persevere. And also we just pray for anyone uh, in general, all of our listeners, for anything that they're battling, uh, that they know that the Lord is right there with them in it. And let's close with the glory be. Glory be to the Father, Father, and to the Son, Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and ever shall shall be, world world without end. end. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God God bless. God bless. God bless.